Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, I'm Janet Morana, the Executive Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our program. And of course, when you listen to people who debate this abortion issue, they always, always throw up to people who are pro-life. Well, what about the girl's raped? What about her? You're going to make her have that baby? And the answer is, first of all, only 1% of all abortions are for that reason for rape. But second of all, why would you punish the baby for the crime of the father? right? Oh, but what about the mother? Well, what we're going to do today, we're going to delve into what about the mother? And we're going to have a chance right now to chat with a woman who was 14 years old when she was raped and she did not abort. She had the baby and now it's full circle. She's back at that same pregnancy resource center, helping other abortion minded clients to choose life. And you're going to learn a lot on this program, so let's stay tuned now while I introduce you to uh, Christy Lagu, who was the girl at 14 who was the victim of rape, and Jamie Galoub, who is the executive director of the Grand Junction Pregnancy Center in Grand Junction, Colorado. So ladies, welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you, Janet. Great to have you. So Christy, we'll start with you. Um take everyone back and just briefly explain to them how did this work out that you were raped at 14 and then kind of how did you choose life as opposed to abortion? Okay. Well, um, I was a freshman in high school. Um, it was kind of closer to the end of the year and I was staying late for a theater practice. And one of these classmates that I had who was a senior um, decided that he wanted to take advantage of me in the school auditorium. So that happened. And about two weeks later, I was starting to get sick a lot. Um, I ended up having a friend take me to her apartment and have me take a pregnancy test. It was positive. Um, that was a big freak out moment for me, honestly, because um, I was 14. Um, 15 On my 15th birthday, I had to talk to the police about what had happened. And it was just a, a really, it was a traumatic experience. But my mom brought me over to the pregnancy center um, because we had a friend who actually was the director there at the time. She went to our church and uh, they really helped me out. It was, it was a really wonderful experience after that. Well, you know, Christy, luckily you were with a family, your, your mom, who knew right away to go to the pregnancy center for help. But so many of these young girls, as you know, starting with, the uh, hospital where, you know, they might do the rape kit, as they call it, uh, social workers, and so many just push you down that abortion road. I mean, here you were a freshman in high school and you're going to have a baby. What was that whole thing like? Like, did, did you stay at home? Did you have to leave school? Kind of so, help everyone understand how that went. I um, finished out my freshman year at the school and I actually started my sophomore year as well. A um, couple months into my sophomore year while my marching band was out doing their regional performance, I was giving birth to my son. So I had turned 15 at that point. Um, and it was, 
it was still really scary. Honestly, I had, you know, the support of my mom and my church. Um, but it was something where I knew that all of the decisions being made here were my decisions to make. And it's really difficult to make decisions for yourself when you're still a teenager, you know, and, <laughs> and there are a lot of people around you saying, you know, we think that you should get rid of this thing. This baby isn't really a, a thing that you should be doing. Um, so I did actually have people threatening to put abortion pills um, in my lunch um, and things like that. These are people that were medical professionals, to be honest, they had access to it. Um, but they really wanted me to not have that choice, honestly, because that wouldn't have been a thing I would have chosen. Um, but he was born when I was a sophomore. I stopped high school for a little bit, um, just like a two or three months. And then it's kind of like having a maternity leave. I went back, I went for homeschool. And then I went back into the school district after that and ended up getting to bring my baby with me to all the parent-teacher conferences. And um, sometimes they would allow him to come to class with me. So it was kind of fun, a little bit weird. Wow. What, what's your son's name? His name's Kellen. And tell us about him now. Well, Kellen's 22 years old, about to turn 23. Um, he's going to college right now for accounting. And he's got an internship right now with an accounting firm. He's super, super intelligent. He's a really exciting person to know. He's everybody's best friend. Um, just one of the coolest people ever. And does he know this whole story that, you know, his father raped you, right? I mean, does he know that story? He does. And I'm a little salty on that one. My mom told him when he was eight years old what happened because wow. he kept asking, you know, everybody's got to bring your, your kid to work day. How come I don't have a dad to take me to that? Or, you know, what does your dad do for work and bring him into school day? Um, and he was always wondering, like, what do I do? And I said, bring your grandpa. Just bring grandpa. It's fine. <laughs> um, so he did that. And, you know, it was okay. But when my mom decided to tell him, he didn't grasp it. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of a blessing for me because it's a real heavy subject to give an eight-year-old. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah. as time has gone on, he's actually become kind of a, an advocate for the pro-life movement. You know, he holds up the signs that say, I'm not a choice. Mm -hmm. um, I have pictures of him doing that at the March for Life. Um, I I speak, I have spoken at the March for Life and at different um uh, you know, college meetings and things like that. And Kellen has been there for each of them. So yeah, he's very involved. That's marvelous. So, so Jamie, now at Grand Junction, I mean, this is a pretty unique story, as we know, like, first of all, for her to be a teenager and, and give birth to the baby, but then come back now, counseling other abortion-minded clients. Tell us how that happened. Yeah, you know, that's our mission here at the Pregnancy Center is to truly transform our clients' lives through the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they don't have to be a victim to um, what happened to them and that they can take power in their own story. Um, and when girls come in, we want to eventually have them as our volunteers and standing side by side with us. So it's definitely been um, amazing to watch Christy come from a place of such brokenness and what our world chooses to see as um, not an empowered place, but for her to change that and watch her just um, love on her son and grow in Christ's love and teach that to him and, and really stand on that firm foundation. Right. So now 
it, t- tell us about the pregnancy center more, because I always tell everybody, you know, pregnancy centers do more than just diapers and formula, <laughs> parenting classes they do, but give give people, like you have that abortion client in that counseling room. So step-by-step, step, I guess, first you do the pregnancy test, right? Like give us the steps uh, first, uh, that, and then we're going to go back to Chrissy, because I want to ask her about what does she say to them. But let's talk about practically speaking, what's step one, step two, step three? Yeah, practically speaking, um, if we know that she's abortion minded already, we're going to seek the will of God. And we're going to just ask him to cover us in his spirit that we can be the vessel that he uses to talk to her spirit. So we know here at the pregnancy center that um, we don't hold all the answers, but we know who holds all the answers. And so, you know, we're going to just receive her um, make her feel as comfortable as possible that she is not judged and that we actually value her heart and her life and her spirit. And we really want what's best for her too. So we'll bring her into our counseling room. Um, we'll just start kind of getting to know her first. You know, we don't want to necessarily go straight to her story. We want to know who is she? What's her name? Um, how can we help her best? What does it look like? Um, and then we do start heading into those deeper questions. Um, and sometimes we cry with her. Sometimes we're, we're heartbroken and we can be honest and say, hey, um, I'm sorry that you're here, but let's talk through this so that we can find a solution together. Um, so then we do do the pregnancy test. And a lot of times that's when it really becomes real. They may have taken five to 10 at home, I think is the most that I've ever heard a client tell me that they had taken at home. And it really becomes real in that moment. And it's very heartbreaking to sit with people who are at a crossroads in their life. And it can either um, be a really hard journey in parenting, or it can be a really, really hard journey if they choose to to kind of compound that trauma. And so we just want to be in the moment and let the rest of the world fall to the wayside and really get to her heart and what she wants and empower her and God to make the right decision for her and her. And then, of course, you give her an ultrasound next, right? You know, in Grand Junction, we are not medical yet. Um, If she wants an ultrasound, then we have doctors who will provide that for her. Um, and yes, we are able to do that. We're just not able to do that in house at the moment. I see. But we all know that, that, that ultrasound really does two things. Number one, if it's a viable pregnancy, she sees the baby, she hears the heartbeat, but the other good thing about it that she will not get at Planned Parenthood is if it's not a viable pregnancy, you can see that on the ultrasound. Mm -hmm. And so many of these girls, I tell people this all the time. You know, now Planned Parenthood is going to give them an abortion when they probably were going to have a miscarriage because the doctor can see it. This pregnancy mm-hmm. is not viable. So in, in, in reality, you're protecting her from, from lies from Planned Parenthood, right? Absolutely. And that's our goal is to just be able to speak the truth in love to her, to make sure that she knows um, what her body and what she's getting ready to go through. Um we want her to be prepared and educated because an educated woman makes good choices typically. So now what kind of things, Christy, do you say in that counseling room being you have this experience, (laughs) you know, you can almost say been there, done that, got the t-shirt to prove it. You know, I was a, you know, a freshman in high school and I was raped and I had the baby and he's in college now. But when you've got that abortion-minded client sitting there saying, I just can't do this. I just can't do this. I, 
I don't know what my parents are going to say. And I'm too young. I don't want to quit school. What, what are the kind of things you say to get them to be, to being a life affirming? So we're in Colorado. It's one of the most progressive states. So our hands are tied a little bit. I cannot talk her out of anything. And so kind of um, what I'm here to do, I, I give her information. I have pamphlets and literature all over the place, stuff that tells her exactly what's going on with her body and how her little baby is developing and these great things. Um, so after we offer her the ultrasound and we're talking a little bit about our stories, if it comes down to, I just don't think I can do it. My mom's going to hate me. You know, a lot of times I'm like, I got my going to hate me too, you know, and if you would like to hear a little bit about my story, I'm happy to talk to you about it. Um, it's not as hard as it's coming up into your brain to be, and we can work through this together. A lot of this is we can get through this together. Um, and I've, I've had clients actually kind of change their minds right in there, just knowing that they have support mm -hmm. um, and that they don't need to go through it alone. And I'm telling them, you know, you can come in every day, every week. Yeah. I don't care. Whatever you want to do. If you need to talk to somebody, you've got me, you've got mm -hmm. my cell phone number, you've got anybody here who's a consultant or counselor. Um, we're we're going to be here with you 100%. doesn't matter if your mom hates you. Sorry. <laughs> so do you ever have, either one of you can answer this, do you ever have a client too where she says, I'm afraid to tell my mom uh, or my, my whole family. Do you assist in that? Like where you say, okay, you know, get your mom to come here or we'll come with you to tell your mom. I mean, how does that work? I'll take this one. Yeah, I definitely have had that. And I say, hey, let's talk through it. Because typically our brain makes things way bigger and more emotional than what it actually ends up being. And I said, let's role play. I'll pretend I'm your mom and you tell me how you think she'll react and, and let's go through it. So when you do actually tell her the worst case scenario that you've already come up with is not that bad. Um, and we do offer like, hey, let's set up a time that mom can come on down. If you're telling her you're going to the pregnancy center, she's probably already going to know the scenario. So there are times that moms will come in and, and we do have to have that conversation. So. And, and then, of course, in addition to counseling, what are all the, the list of services? Like if this teenager comes in back with her mom and you're going to tell the mom, first thing the mother's probably going to say is, so how can you help us? What's that nice menu of things that you can do to help them? Yeah, so we are able to just start with the free pregnancy test and coaching them um, in options. Um, after that, we do have a pregnancy earn while you learn class where they can earn true baby bucks. They get to shop on Amazon and be able to pick the things that they need for their child. They can earn up to $350 um, around right now. And that also empowers them to be a good parent and understand what that is. We also offer post-abortion recovery. So if she has already come in and said, you know, I made a mistake and um, I'm pregnant now, but it's bringing up a lot of emotions. Um, we're able to offer that to her. We also have a guy's night out uh, to support the dad. Then we also have our boutique. So they get to come once a month and shop in our boutique for their child. Um, we also have diapers and wipes and formula and nursing supplies. And I can just continue to go on and on because our community is so awesome and supports us in such a big way. Right. Now, if they need help finding uh, a good pro-life doctor and help with that, you do that also, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a couple of midwives and doctors who have been instrumental in helping us provide ultrasound. And so we give them their name and we know exactly who to send them to in our town. And of course, they'll 
give them care and help all through the pregnancy then, right? Yes, absolutely. That's great. Now, here's the most important question. This is what, I, when I'm out on the streets, they, they wag the finger at us. And then what, once the baby's born, then what? So what's the then what? <laughs> yeah, so we support them up until a year of life here. And then we have other resources that we can plug them into. Um, we have clothing, strollers. Um, we can't do cribs, but that's where we came up with our Earn While You Learn um, so they can earn money to purchase a crib or a car seat. Um, we do our new baby bags. They're called layouts, and it's basically everything you need okay. to bring the baby home from the hospital. Um, we do have Earn While You Learn classes in the first year after the baby is born, um, and it's all about those toddler years and what to expect and when you should go to the doctor and just really educating them again to be empowered parents. That's great. And so they're in Grand Junction in the course of a, a year about how many clients do you see and how many babies have you saved? Everyone always likes to hear the numbers, you know? About. Yeah, so we see about 250 clients a month. Um, I haven't done the yearly total, but I can add that up. Um, and then we save probably around 250 babies a year that we record. So That's, that's amazing. That is, abs ladies, phenomenal work. Phenomenal work. And <clears throat> I know that you have like your three centers are affiliated there in the uh, uh, that area of uh, Colorado, right? There's Grand Junction and then there's two others, right? You're all kind of connected. We're not connected. We each have our own um, board of directors. Oh, okay. We do work closely with them and we do refer them because we are such a small community. That's great. That's great. Well, I'll tell you, it was awesome being out at the Praise Him festival this summer. And uh, I, I just think it was awesome that they do focus uh, on on life there at yeah. that festival. You have people coming to hear Christian music and they're all Christian and they like the music. But then, as you know, we had an opportunity to speak. You did too. And then you had your exhibit all set up. I just think it's such a great opportunity to show people, you know what, <clears throat> if you know someone who's pregnant in need, here we are. Here's what to do. So uh, and of course, Christy, thank you for your testimony. It's just awesome. And keep up the great work, ladies. Thank you. God thank bless. You. Thank you, Janet. <laughs> well, brothers and sisters, I hope you got a good snapshot today into the pregnancy centers and the great work it's done. And, you know, here's a challenge for you, a little homework. I always, I'm a former teacher. I like to give my homework. I want you to go to a simple website pregnancycenters.org. Pregnancycenters.org. Just go there. Put in your zip code and you'll see where the nearest pregnancy center is to your home, to your church. And now assignment number two, go and visit them. I'm not saying you have to volunteer or get involved, but take a tour of that pregnancy center and then come back and make sure you tell your pastor or your clergy. And so that they know if anyone, here's a, someone who's pregnant and needs help, you can recommend that pregnancy center and be ambassadors of this life-saving message. Because as you heard from Krista, there's never a reason to destroy the life of a child. There's always resources and there always help. So remember, brothers and sisters, there are some abortions only you will be able to stop and some lives only you will be able to save. Thank you and God bless.
This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.